fourth Sunday of Lent. Prayer. Psalm 23. Yahweh is my shepherd. I lack nothing. In grass needles, he lets me lie. By tranquil streams, he leads me to restore my spirit. He guides me in the paths of saving justice, as befits his name. Even when I walk in a ravine as dark as death, I should fear no danger, for you are at my side. Your staff and your crook are there to soothe me. You prepare a temple for me under the eyes of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup brings over. Kindness and faithful love pursue me every day of my life. I make my home in the house of Yahweh for all time to come. Reading the Word First Reading 1 Samuel chapter 16 Yahweh said to Samuel, How much longer do you mean to go mourning over Saul, now that I myself have rejected him as ruler of Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem, for I have found myself a king from among his sons. When they arrived, he looked at Eliab and thought, This must be Yahweh's anointed, now before him. But Yahweh said to Samuel, Take no notice of his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. God does not see as human beings see. They look at appearances, but Yahweh looks at the heart. Jesse thus presented seven of his sons to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, Yahweh has not chosen these. He then asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? Jesse replied, There is still one left, the youngest. He is looking after the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, Send for him for we shall not sit down to eat until he arrives. Jesse had him sent for. He had ruddy cheeks with fine eyes and an attractive appearance. Yahweh said, Get up and anoint him. He is the one. At this, Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, surrounded by his brothers, and the spirit of Yahweh seized on David from that day onwards. Samuel, for his part, set off and went to Ramah. Second reading, Ephesians chapter 5. You were darkness once, but now you are light in the Lord. Behave as children of light, for the effects of the light are seen in complete goodness and uprightness and truth. Try to discover what the Lord wants of you. 
take no part in the futile works of darkness, but on the contrary, show them up for what they are. The things which are done in secret are shameful even to speak of, but anything shown up by the light will be illuminated, and anything illuminated is itself a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Gospel, John chapter 9 As he went along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Having said this, he spat on the ground, made a paste with the spittle, put this over the eyes of the blind man, and said to him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. The name means one who has been sent. So he went off and washed and came back able to see. His neighbors and the people who used to see him before, for he was a beggar, said, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, Yes, it is the same one. Others said, No, but he looks just like him. The man himself said, Yes, I am the one. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. It had been a Sabbath day when Jesus made the paste and opened the man's eyes. So when the Pharisees asked him how he had gained his sight, he said, He put a paste on my eyes, and I washed, and I can see. Then some of the Pharisees said, that man cannot be from God. He does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a sinner produce signs like this? And there was a division among them. So they spoke to the blind man again. What have you to say about him yourself, now that he has opened your eyes? The man answered, He is a prophet. They retorted, Are you trying to teach us? And you a sinner, through and through, ever since you were born. And they ejected him. Jesus had that ejected him. And when he found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Sir, the man replied, Tell me who he is, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have seen him. He is speaking to you. The man said, Lord, I believe, and worship them. Hearing the word, to see as God sees. Last Sunday's liturgy was based on the theme of water and thirst that only Christ can fully quench. The liturgy of this Sunday introduces us to the theme of seeing. We are guided to reflect on our capacity of seeing ourselves and our world through eyes enlightened by God and His Word. In the first reading, the Lord reproaches Samuel for grieving for Saul, the very first king of Israel, whom he had previously anointed. This king was rejected by the Lord because of his disobedience. From the human point of view, 
Saul had all the qualities needed to be a capable and impressive ruler. The text affirms that there was no other Israelite more handsome than Saul. He stood head and shoulders above the people. Still, he failed the most important test for any ruler, that of obedient listening to the Lord. This failure disqualified him as the king and leader of God's people. To replace him, the Lord decided literary sin on another king. Samuel, God's prophet, was sent to the house of Jesse in Bethlehem to identify and anoint him. At the presentation of Jesse's sons, the prophet, as it was the case with Saul, continued to look at the external appearance of the potential candidates and judged them accordingly. The first one, Eliab, was immediately chosen by Samuel, who observed his lofty stature. But the Lord sees and judges differently. He corrected and instructed Samuel, stating that God does not see as a mortal who sees the appearance. The Lord looks into the heart. Samuel was to abandon not only grieving for the handsome and poor soul, but also to change his way of assessing the value of person. Samuel's sight had to be healed and transformed by accepting God's ways of sin. God's way of sin goes deeper and beyond the physical, the obvious and the visible. It reaches the heart of a person and recognizes what lies beneath the surface and the appearance. David was to be anointed because, in the long run and despite his faults, he would be always faithful to God. This was the reason that he found favor in God's eyes. The text states that David had fine eyes. The faithful heart of this newly appointed king was recognizable in the goodness reflected in his eyes. The metaphors associated with sin, light and darkness, are also found in Paul's address to the Ephesians. He states that you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. In the context, it is clear that the situation of darkness describes the life of immorality and disobedience to the demands of life in God's kingdom. Such behavior is typical for those who are idolaters. On the other hand, living as children of light means the conduct suitable for a Christian is one that bears fruits 
of complete goodness and uprightness and truth. Such a life remains a constant challenge for the faithful because a person has to first discover what the Lord wants. In other words, we must first recognize or see the will of God for our life. The search for the will of God is not easy because it often remains hidden. It requires a clear-seeing eye because if your eye is sound, your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be in darkness. We can achieve such clarity by our focus on the study of God's word, persistent prayer and honesty in our dealing with others and ourselves. When we demonstrate our Christianity and live life transparently, we gain clarity of sight ourselves because anything illuminated is itself a light. Through such visibility, a disciple of Jesus becomes an imitator of God and can follow his master who from his side provides the necessary light to direct a believer's life. In the Gospel, we read a shortened story of the healing of a man blind from birth. Jesus approaches this man with great respect. According to the customs of the day, he made clay with saliva and smeared it on the blind man's eyes. He then commanded the man to go and wash his eyes in the pool of Siloam. As the man obediently fulfilled Jesus' command, his sight was restored. The healing of the blind man does not stop on the physical level. The story is symbolic and focuses on spiritual healing. Through the healing and further contact with Jesus, the man gradually grows in his understanding of who Jesus really is. First, he considers him just a healer, a man who helped him to regain his physical sight. Next, after the dialogue with doubting Pharisees, he acknowledged Jesus as a prophet. Finally, during the second meeting with Jesus and enlightened by Jesus' words, this man who once was blind professed Jesus as the Lord and worshipped him. His capacity of seeing fundamentally changed on the level of faith. In this story, to see becomes a symbol of to believe. The man was healed from blindness to God's presence in the world. He was allowed to see God in Jesus and find new life guided by this insight. Restoration of sight in this story is about recognizing Jesus as God's son and believing in him. Our human way of seeing others and evaluating situations often demand God's healing touch. Looking at the world and ourselves in God's light enables us not to judge others only on the basis of appearances, as Samuel did. God's light allows us to live lives of righteousness and truth to behave as children of light. As St. Paul described, 
Finally, it is God's light that allows us to recognize and worship Jesus as the Lord and the reflection of God in our midst. God's sight extends beyond human limits, as the shepherd sees far beyond what his sheep can see. The psalmist knew that when proclaiming, he guides me along right paths for the sake of his name. Even when walking through the valley of shadow of death, we can trust that God will lead us on the right path when we seek his guidance, his light, his way of seeing. When we make God our shepherd, we can confidently sing, The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I lack. Listening to the Word of God Today, we are invited to look on or at how we see ourselves and others. We live in a world where we are not viewed and evaluated through God's lens. We judge and are judged mostly through our appearances and accomplishments. Our value is often decided on the basis of how we appear or what we are able to achieve. In our time, there is so much emphasis on the way we look. Are we dressed correctly? Have we got the latest fashions? Have we got the latest iPhone? Are we using the best skin creams and lotions? These are worldly things designed to improve our outward appearance. But they do not impress God. What do you see when you look into a mirror? Do you see blemishes and wonder where they came from? What do you see when you look into your heart? Do you see paths from abuse, brokenness, and loss? Do you see choices you regret and action you wish were never done? What do you see when you look into the future? Do you see hopelessness and more aches and pains? Based on appearances, we tend to see ourselves in three ways. First, the negative way. I'm so bad. I continue to fall into the same sins and God couldn't possibly love me. Second, the deceptive way. I'm so much better than other people and I must be special in God's eyes. Third, the real way. I'm somewhere in between greatness and imperfection. An ordinary human being with great potential but also many limitations and problems. The first point for reflection today must therefore be the question, how do we see ourselves and how do we act on it? Today's readings challenge us also to go beyond our outward appearances and examine ourselves, asking how God sees us and how God sees others. 
What does God see when he looks at us? God sees us objectively. He sees how different people have helped and hurt us. He sees our disappointments, our fear, our failures, and how all these have changed us in positive and negative ways. He also sees our goodness and generosity, our positive qualities, our gifts and contributions. He sees and recognizes that we are doing our best. He notices our striving for love and success and our search for answers, even though we often do not know where to look. Most importantly, we are taught today that God ignores our appearances but sees our humanity through the eyes of unconditional love and acceptance. Our problems, selfishness, vanities, anxieties often blind us to this very basic fact. God's view is made obvious by the coming of His Son sent to save us. Furthermore, when we, like Samuel, see only limits, weakness, and brokenness, God sees an opportunity to reveal Himself. The blindness of the man in the Gospel story was used by Jesus to lead him to faith. Even our faults and limits do not prevent God from acting through us. God's love for and confidence in us teaches us about the basic way in which we need to look at ourselves and others. Instead of putting ourselves down or above others, we are called to always keep in mind that no matter who and what we are, we are valuable and important in our own unique ways. This will teach us respect for ourselves and for others. It will help us to see as God sees. A person always looking at the sky will never discover anything on the ground. Action Self-examination Reflect on experiences. When you were seen and evaluated only through your appearances and accomplishments, was it a fair evaluation? Did you feel there was something deeper? Response to God Confess the sins of evaluating and judging others on the basis of their outward appearance by you, your group, and your parish. Pray for a new beginning, when you will be able to see through God's eyes, to see humanity as Christ sees humanity, with unconditional love. Response to your world. What concrete steps can I take to promote seeing through the eyes of God in personal, social, and parish life? Who have we excluded from our group by judging him or her through the outward appearances? Resolve to take steps to stop such practices. Prayer. Help me, Lord, 
to see the people and the world as you see them, to see through the eyes of your Son and according to the light of your Spirit. Clear away the clouds and distortions of reality that make me blind. Help me to see your will, not mine. Help me to be humble enough to admit when I have been wrong or when I have held on to beliefs, attitudes, and opinions that are not yours. Help me to see and act so that I may accomplish the mission in life that you have entrusted to me. Amen. Thank you.